So good morning, everybody. Welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Lloyd, and this morning I'll be continuing our brand new series on devotions as we go through the book of 1 Corinthians together. And we'll be looking at the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and the practical application that that has on our lives today. You know, every now and then as part of Daily Devotions, we will tackle a book in the Bible together and unpack its truth. Uh, and we hope that in doing so, you will receive some fresh revelation and wisdom from the scriptures to apply in your spiritual journeys, no matter where you find yourself in your walk with the Lord. So as a quick uh, in- intro and reminder, uh, Pastor Israel shared so wonderfully on this yesterday. Uh, the book of First Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul to address some of the issues that he heard about that were happening in the church at Corinth. He tackles a few big topics in this letter. There were some pretty interesting and intense things going on in this church. Um, And after greeting the church in the first chapter, as the Apostle Paul normally does in his letters, he starts by talking about topics like unity that he desires for the church. He speaks about things like God's wisdom that is greater than human wisdom, which we'll unpack again in chapter 2. And then he talks about the difference between those two things, the, the wisdom that comes from human origin and the wisdom that comes from God. And this is sort of his focus uh, in the second chapter. So let's read a few verses together from 1 Corinthians 2 before focusing on one specific idea that I want to leave with you this morning, and it's from verse 16. But let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 to 5. It says, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was Paul's focus. It was all about Jesus, him at the center and him crucified for the sins of the whole world. I came to you in weakness, in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. Paul here stating that even although he didn't appear of significant stature, he wasn't well-spoken or brilliant or he wasn't even confident or well-assured, yet he had the Spirit. And that's what confirmed this message of Christ Jesus crucified. You know, he says this in a way that the church should place its hope, its affection, its focus, its attention, not on things of human origin or things that the world would deem acceptable or worthy of our attention, or even having met the mark in some way, but instead on the wisdom and on the power of God. Because he says, look, I wasn't impressive at all. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't me that was doing these things. You know, it was, it was, it was Christ. It was God's spirit through him that was able to achieve these things. You know, even some scholars, um, or, or should I say some, some scholars even believe that the apostle Paul may have had some physical infirmity of some kind. He may have even been very short of stature or perhaps even having had a speech impediment. And he says, you know, although those aren't impressive traits, and I didn't come to some wise or eloquent man, I came in, this, in, the, in the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And that is why you should place your faith, your trust, your hope in God and not on man. You know, the evidence of the miracles that took place pointed towards the fact that it was God doing the works, not Paul. And so this, is that the, and this, this was so that the church would set its hope on God, who is greater than human ability and authority. And he then goes on and begins contrasting these two different kinds of wisdom that he touched on in chapter one, the wisdom of the world on the one hand and the wisdom of God on the other. And he makes a very important distinction between the two. 
And he gives us a key that will help us distinguish those two and live by the power and the wisdom of God. But before he makes that this, this distinction, he says, uh, he actually quotes a, a, a very well-known passage in Isaiah, and he says, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human heart has conceived, uh, God has prepared these things for those who love him. He's talking about the spiritual truths of God. And then he gives us this key in verse 10, and he says, Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit. They were mysteries, then they're mysteries to, to, to people that don't have the Spirit, to the unspiritual. But to us that have the Spirit, God has revealed them to us. Since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. This is verse 10 and 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except his Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. That is such a powerful passage of Scripture. It says that the Spirit reveals to us the plans of God. He reveals to us the perspectives of God and the purposes of God, so that we can understand what these are and apprehend them and live them out to His glory. And this mysterious plan of God, by the way, in the context of this letter, would have been understood that salvation is not just for the Jews, but it's for the Gentiles also. It's for the whole world. This is the power of the gospel that Paul came to preach to the church in Corinth. And he says that spiritual truths like this cannot be accepted unless we have the Spirit of God within us. He makes it very, he makes it very clear, and, and he actually says in verse 12, But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. To him, he is not able to understand since it is evaluated spiritually. How many of us know that some things in faith, some things in our spiritual journeys won't make sense to certain people, no matter how hard you try and convince them? It's as if there are two different languages being spoken and no one can understand what the other person is saying. And you kind of get nowhere, no matter how hard you try. And I wonder how different perhaps those conversations would be in if instead of trying to argue with the other person with persuasive words based on human wisdom, we invited the Holy Spirit to bring a spiritual awakening to that person and to the spiritual truth that is in God's word and to receive the transformation that comes by the Spirit in the process. And then here's the power punch verse of this passage that really drives home our ability as believers to receive and understand and apply spiritual truths. And this is what I wanted to leave with, with us this morning. It says in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 2, For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? That's a quote from Isaiah chapter 40 again, verse 13. And then he says, But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. Isn't it a great truth for us to know today that because of the Spirit living on the inside of us, who reveals Jesus to us in spiritual and powerful ways, we can think as Christ thinks. We can have Christ's perspective governing the way that we have our perspective. And let's, let's consider that today and choose to think like Christ does about the people around us, about our nation, about our careers, about our families. Let's apply and adopt the same thought patterns of the Lord Jesus. And in doing so, bring the message of the gospel to all of those who are around us. Because Christ's spirit is able to awaken those spiritual truths that human wisdom simply cannot receive. So I hope there was something to be encouraged on this morning. And I'm going to take a moment for us as we close uh, in a word of prayer together. So let's uh, do that together this morning. Father, thank you so much that you have given us your spirit. And the spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. 
Thank you, Father, that we can know the plans, the purposes, and the perspectives of you, and we can apply them in our lives. Thank you so much, Jesus, that you are for us and that you are calling us deeper into relationship with you. And we pray that as we have the mind of Christ, that we would begin to choose to think about the world around us as you would think. Father, thank you for your power that surpasses human weakness, that accomplishes the plans that you have installed. And we rest in your provision and we trust in you and we thank you for this all. In Jesus' name, amen.